In the Navy, you can sail the seven seas in the Navy. Yes, you can put your mind at ease in the Navy. Come on, fall and make a stand in the Navy. Cause we really need a hand. Welcome to We're Not Listening, the Frasier Recap and Advice Podcast from Molly Shea and me, Nick Francomano. It's been a little while since you've heard from us, America's favorite Frasier Recap Podcast. Yeah. Have you missed us? Have you missed us, America? I've gotten a couple of messages. <laughs> I've gotten some too. Well, now we're back and... I think as a special treat for all of you out there in the listening audience, we've decided to start things off. Molly, you described it as a little bit of a, a palate cleanser. Palate cleanser, yeah. We're, We're gonna, still in the... I mean, you could say this is just the extended verse where Fraser Crane became, a, I guess, a captain of a submarine. You could try to watch it that way, but it doesn't make any sense at all that way. Yeah, I think the point, the point of this movie is... You know why Kelsey Grammer took the movie is this is from 1996. This was already a few years into Frasier, and I think it was kind of to to butch up his image, to kind of go a little more macho, a little more tough. Yeah, it does have that like, what's Urkel when he's cool? Stefan Urquell. You think that that Kelsey Grammer in this movie, as Lieutenant Commander Harry Dodge. Is the Stefan Urquell? Yeah, his name is Harry Dodge. That's we we funny. just watched the movie together, and <laughs> I picked up nothing from this movie. <laughs> Perhaps because I have a little more, you know, I support the troops. I support our men and women in uniform. I got a little bit more out of it than than you know, commie artist TikTok Molly over here. <laughs> no, I think it's just like there's. I feel like when I watch sports movies or movies with military things, uh, m- my brain just like turns everyone's voice into like the teachers from a Snoopy's episode. So you just heard this movie as <laughs> nonstop trombone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty okay. much. Well, and like I, I guess I was I forgot that the about artist Harry Dodge, and so I thought it was funny that the character's name is Harry. There's Dodge. an artist named Harry Dodge. Yeah, he teaches at Cal Arts. Oh well, Harry, if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Shout Welcome out. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Welcome aboard. And uh, now is the time to mention it. A lot of the plot of this movie revolves around the fact that Kelsey Grammer's character, who again, in my under my intuition on this is that his character is meant to be kind of the opposite of Frasier, the character Frasier in many cool ways. Cool dude. Yeah, he's a cool guy in a square world. Yeah. And the, the most important thing you need to know about his character is that he has welcome aboard tattooed down the length of his penis. And the movie will not let you forget that. The movie never lets you forget it, but also never shows you. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick tease. What a dick tease. Well, we never, it never even does like a Boogie Nights like stunt penis scene, which is how I would have preferred to see this movie end <laughs> with kind of exactly the same last scene as Boogie Nights where he's in his, you know, his, his whoa, whoa, cabin whoa, 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 on the whoa. submarine. Spoiler alerts. Yeah, no spoiler alerts. <laughs> but he, like, he's in his cabin on the submarine and he just whips it out and he's like, you're a star. You're a beautiful star. And you see the welcome aboard tattoo. That. I would have been a different movie, but one I think that pro- well, a different but better movie. I mean, I also just would want his penis to be tattooed as a periscope, with like a lens. <sighs> like what? Like how? 
Like, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Disc- like, I feel like there would have to be a really horrifying bend to happen. Yeah. Well, that's more that's right. more common than you would think. I had a counselor in summer camp when I was a kid. Oh, no. Where's this going? Well, he had literally a 90-degree bend in his penis. How did you find that out? In the showers. Oh, Okay. <laughs> what? You know, you. I guess you would. You couldn't not see that though. Like if you were in the shower. I mean, it's the, over it's the kind. You know, bent. normally I guess when you're showering, you know, like in a gym setting or whatever, you know, you don't really take a good long look. That's not good etiquette. But Sneaking that kind, peaks. But when you're a kid and you see that kind of thing, yes, yeah, you remember it. Wow. Yeah, you remember it. And, you know, people who went to camp with me in the same time, if you're out there listening, you know who I'm talking about. This was a known thing about this guy. Wow. It must be kind of impressive. You can probably pee around corners. Uh, Yeah, it's like a tactical thing. (laughs) It's a tactical urination advantage. You don't have to leave cover. Well, which way is the bend, I guess? To the right or the left? To the left. Up. It was from his perspective to the left. Okay. Yeah. Got stage, it. stage left, <laughs> stage right. <laughs> anyway, I, we I were. This know, podcast okay. is about a movie called Down Periscope. I have one one more of the questions. Gr- <laughs> so, <laughs> if, it, if it if it bent up, would it be like a water fountain? I think if it bent up, you would probably have to have surgery. <laughs> if it were pointing straight back at you, yeah, I don't know what you would do. <laughs> Just every time you go to the bathroom, it's like a bad clown act. <laughs> Squirting flowers. Yeah, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, listen. I mean, you know. Well, I'm sorry. I don't mean to shame people with bends in their members, but I just, I'm, I think it would be crazy. Listen, there's people out there, you know, who might have a, a certain degree of curvature. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's not, that's pretty common. But I'm talking about a full blown ninety degree. That's why I'm, I'm shocked. Like, curvature is one thing, but, like, a turn, that's crazy. Uh, well, I mean, drove the ladies crazy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, anyway. Gosh, okay, so this, this is, movie? What were what we talking movie? about? What were we talking about? We're talking about We're Not Listening. We're Not Listening. That's the name of the podcast. And we're talking about, is it Down Periscope is the name of this movie? There's another famous submarine movie that this is sort of a parody of the, called the Up porno. Periscope. There's a porno submarine mo- submarine be. porno movie. I feel like maybe the sets from this movie were sold afterwards and used to make like oh, yeah. softcore porno. For sure, it has. Yeah. I mean, they probably just rented it from somebody who was like, you know, uh, already using it as a porno set. Uh, I don't think that it's the the sets are not good. The sets. Well, okay. Well, let's get into the movie. This is kind of a. It's. It's like a slobs versus snobs classic genre comedy, except it takes place in the Navy. So it's like Animal House. It's like Ski Patrol. It's like Revenge of the Nerds. It's like... Uh, Do you think that this format's outdated for the time frame? Yes. Even by 1996, I mean, this is a very 80s yeah, comedy. He's like trying to be like a Chevy Chase. It's hitting all the 80s beats. Well, it's, he's trying to be like a Chevy Chase character. There's the guy who's like the fat cook character who, who cuts the loud fart and gives them away on sonar. Yeah. That's meant to be like the Belushi character. The guy, he's like ashing his cigar and the... In the tomato sauce and yeah. and whatever. I mean, let's I would, go. I would even say that the engineer. Oh, Toby Huss, whom you may know as Artie, the strongest man in the world from Pete and Pete, really 
steals the movie. Yeah. He's got the best part in the movie for sure. That's the only time I laughed was his jokes. I his think. jokes. Well, let's go, let's go beat by beat. We'll go through it. And I'm here to provide insight into the intricacies of subsurface warfare for all of our listeners out there. Who, and not just that 90 degree dick, you know? Not just that. I mean, I'm, I feel guilty <laughs> that I brought it up. Um, sorry. I shouldn't no, have. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, I didn't it's, I didn't identify the guy or anything. You'll never, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, this whole movie is really about how Kelsey Grammer, Captain Harry Dodge, or Lieutenant Commander Harry Dodge is like a cool guy. So the first thing we see of him is like they're talk they're all the admirals it's are like meeting. A, a split scene. Yeah. Kind of all thing. the admirals are meeting about who's gonna be the next captain of the next nuclear submarine. And then it's intercut, yeah, with Kelsey Grammer, and it's a fake out because he's, he's like looking on really deck. Intense, yeah, he looks know? like he's doing some intense submarine combat stuff. But really they're just sailing the submarine, you know, on the surface next to a golf course, and he's chipping on to the green. From, from the, the deck submarine. of the submarine, which is honestly, it was a great shot. He was, you know, he did get on. He did get on. But he's wearing like his uniform top. This is how you see that he's a cool guy. He's wearing his uniform shirt, but he's wearing like plaid golf pants. And I wonder about that too, because I feel like people who are on a submarine probably have a limited wardrobe they're able to bring with them. And like, he decided one of those items of clothing he was bringing was golf pants. Oh, absolutely. Space is space is at a premium in the nuclear navy. So when he's on, you know, on the land again, his options are like those pants. Oh, like when he has shore leave? Yes. Here's the thing, is that this movie is very pre-9-11 and very it's like a very 90s movie in the sense that the stakes of the navy are very, very low. This is a real peacetime yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, I also feel like, you know, after seeing this movie, I understand why the terrorists don't like us. You understand why they hate us? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't want to go on the record agreeing with you. <laughs> Ever? I don't want, I, well, just in general. But yeah, I don't want... I mean, I've said some pretty based and red-pilled things on this podcast over the over the episodes but i don't know if i want to go fully bin laden pilled no bin laden pilled is like real creepy that's a pill too far it's too it's too um creepy guy vibe for me oh yeah well you know when they when they raided bin laden's compound and he had like terabytes of hentai of like japanese cartoon pornography Mm. so he was a weird guy I mean, I mean, aside from planning 9/11, he was also a weird guy <laughs> in other ways. I feel like that Venn diagram checks out though in my mind. Of like hentai bros and 9/11 bros? Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's not very many 9/11 bros though. But I'm just like I'm just like seeing those interests and I'm just like seeing them cross over in my mind and being like beep. Yeah, it makes sense when you hear it. Yeah. It totally makes sense when you hear it. Like, I, I wasn't shocked when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, of course Bin Laden had hentai. Like, and was not like, you know, it didn't go off on my radar, you know, like. Anyway, <laughs> back to Down Periscope. <laughs> back to Down Periscope. The premise of this movie is, and this is based on a real thing, that in the 90s, it was determined that a diesel submarine, most of America's submarines, 
And this, me explaining this is the sound of our listeners falling asleep. If you listen to this podcast to help you sleep, this is uh, this a favor might, to this you. This might be a real this, snoozer this episode. Might, this might be the this, part the movie for you. already got me. But, so, okay. A diesel submarine is more stealthy in certain circumstances than a nuclear submarine, which the more modern kind of submarine. So Kelsey Grammer, even though he's like a misfit in the Navy, he's still, he's been in for 20 years. He wants a nuclear command. So like literally the power of life and death over every single human being on the entire planet. Every, like, every one of America's nuclear submarines has more than enough firepower to kill everyone on Earth. And that is, in fact, the entire point, to always have a, a second strike capability. But for whatever reason, the guy with the dick tattoo and the golf pants thinks that he should have this power, which the film never really addresses. I mean... I feel like someone with a, that dick tattoo would would want would think, push the button. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I I feel like a guy with a dick tattoo. I've spoken to someone. I knew someone briefly who was a occupational psychiatrist in the Air Force, and he was telling me how they profile guys for nuclear bomber pilots. So I, presumably this is a similar. Right, psychological similar, profile yeah. and they like really straight laced guys for this they like Mormons for this right so I mean you're never gonna find a Mormon with a dick tattoo um no a guy with a dick tattoo is a wild card and the you really don't want any kind of wild we're talking you know conceivably about the survival of the human species you don't want a guy with a dick tattoo anywhere in that you want someone who doesn't chain. have a sense of humor at all. Exactly. Someone who's, and also someone who's impervious to blackmail, which is what they like about Mormons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I've heard I've heard another friend of mine who was in the military describe Mormon people as a walking absence of liability. <laughs> that all other people, all uh, the, us Gentiles are a huge risk in so many ways. But, you know, the, the followers of Joseph Smith... And I'm sure there are many who listen to this podcast. Are, when did we become a Mormon podcast? I've always been pro-Mormon. Frankly, I think it's easy uh. It's easy to dunk on them. It's easy to say that they're lame. But I understand why it's the fastest growing religion in the world. When it, Did you become a sponsor? Like what did, happened, this, what Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the During Church the of pandemic, Latter-day Saints. Did like the Mormons knock on your door and you're just so attention-starved that during, you really listened yeah, to During them? the pandemic, I started smoking. And I became a Mormon. <laughs> Don't tell the other Mormons <laughs> that I started smoking. Because it would get me in hot water with them. It would get me in hot water with them. Anyway, what the hell are we even talking about? We're talking so about this, the, the mo- this goofy movie. Yeah, I mean, so basically Kelsey Grammer is in a place where he might be able to get what he wants um, out of this deal. Because he makes yeah. a, uh, he they makes put a him bargain in, with yeah. Rip Torn. Rip Torn is the admiral. Bruce Dern, Rip Torn is like the good admiral, and Bruce Dern is the bad admiral. They come up with a war game. They're going to put Kelsey Grammer in command of an old submarine, an old diesel submarine from World War II, and they're going to give him a crew of real misfits and jokers and, and whatnot. People they're really going to try to handicap him. They're, the, yeah, they're really, they're really trying to kill his chances, but Rip Torn knows that if anybody can do it, Kelsey Grammer can do it. Yeah, a real cowboy. A real cowboy. So they set up this war game where he has to, you know, take his submarine out and sneak back into, you know, the harbors and blow up some of our ships to prove that it could be done. And we meet the Misfits crew, uh, and it's 
this is the classic comedy premise. This is like what I was talking about. It's like we're meeting the kids in the you know in, the loser yeah the loser cabin, the bad fraternity, you know whatever whatever like the barracks. Yeah, I feel like this has a very it wants to be stripes, but it's not as charming as stripes. Oh, I mean stripes is fully the same idea where it's the '80s slobs versus snobs comedy ported to the military. I hadn't really thought of the stripes connection, but this is absolutely... It's just stripes and water. It's stripes in the Navy. Well, it's worse than stripes. This movie is worse than oh, stripes for sure. Yes, definitely. It's much worse. And stripes is not as good as you remember it. Stripe. I've yeah. watched I've watched Stripes <laughs> recently, and it doesn't really hold up as much. I feel like if I watched it again, I probably wouldn't like it as much. Because I, I don't like when in Stripes they like do that mission and it's just oh, four they, people they take the rv into east germany and like single-handedly win the cold war with their their low profile rv yeah yeah i mean anyway we can have another podcast and talk about stripes okay i like i you know i don't even remember where we are in this movie anyway we meet the We're crew the from beginning. hell we got rob schneider in the mix and this movie really does have an all-star cast. We've got Rip Torn, Bruce Dern, Rob Schneider, Kelsey Grammer. Now, who else are we meeting? Uh, none of these other guys. Harlan. Harlan Williams, another a 90s, a victim of the 90s. Why would you say that? What has Harlan Williams done in the last 21 years? You know, he had a time and he used it well. He had that movie where he went to Mars with, an, with an orangutan. Love that movie. Yeah, classic. But... I would say that this movie utilizes Harlan Williams to the full extent of his talents. Yeah. Which is to say, not, He's kind of a very, guy. not very much. I mean, we'll come to Harlan Williams' big scene in the movie. He's the sonar guy. And he's like got the superpower that he can hear things really well. Right. Which is how sonar works. So good, go. I guess. The only guy who's a real one-to-one in Animal House is the cook guy. The right. cook guy is Belushi fully. So we meet him and then we meet everybody in the crew. What I appreciate about this movie is this movie takes one. It it really is very straight laced about life in the Navy. It's very square. And two, it gives everyone you meet in the movie has like a real character arc. Yeah. And also all of those arcs are immediately established within the three or four lines that they say. Yeah. Well, it's Kelsey because Grammer. it's like an ensemble cast, right? And so it's like everybody in the movie has three scenes. So you meet them in this first scene and you find out what their problem is. You see them kind of goofing off in the second scene. And then in the third scene, you see that they've grown as a character thanks to the brilliant leadership yes. of Kelsey Grammer. Anyway. So then we also have like this Italian gambler stereotype Italian guy. gambler stereotype guy. And he's paired up with a guy who is like a college basketball player that he lost a lot of money on. And so we'll just cut through their story right now. They learn to become friends. Well, yeah. They start off not being friends and they learn to become friends. Beautiful. Yeah, you know. And I think that the basketball player admitted that he choked, man. The basketball player admitted that he choked. And the gambler guy admitted that it wasn't a big deal and that the basketball player guy should believe in himself. Yeah, he should love himself. He should love himself. And that's, you know, basically the arc that we get because now things are getting a little controversial. Who else do we meet in the crew? It turns out, and this was shocking in the 1990s. Lady. That is right. There is an um way <laughs> in this movie. 
and <laughs> an umin way. And yeah, I don't want to use the W word here. This is a family podcast. <laughs> an email fay <laughs> on board a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe it or not, there is a woman in the Navy. Uh, get this, guys. Um, <laughs> like whoa, like this movie is breaking new ground. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell that her story is really messed up. It's like yeah, everything it's really bad. Everything that happens to her is so, so bad. Up. And it's like everything that happens to her, I could totally imagine like <laughs> reading an article today, like in the Atlantic about like the horrific abuse that I endured as the first woman in the submarine <laughs> service. Yeah. Uh, but it's all played as like, Charming, corny, fun stuff. you know, just like, oh, guys, you know, boys will be boys, you know, whatever. But anyway, we meet her, and this is what I'm talking about. The first thing that happens when she comes on board the submarine, and she is a smoker, I've got to say. I mean, this, she smokes this, many cigarettes. This, well, no, this woman is, you know, you know, if we have to deal with the horrifying idea of oh, a woman no. in the Navy, at least we've got something really? to look at. I didn't like, uh, well, you know, I'm more of a, a, uh, What's her name? BB Newworth, uh, than a uh, what's her type? I don't know. She's looks. She looks like Seven of Nine. I had to look up that she wasn't Seven of Nine. Oh yeah, from definitely Voyager. looks like Seven of Nine. She's got that Seven of Nine figure. She looks like a Star Trek lady. She looks. Yeah, she looks like she was in Playboy in the nineties, which so I like, haven't looked it up, but she might have been. Kind of looks like a mom in the face, you know. Already, Ye- that's kind of the vibe. Yeah, but she definitely looks like she could have been on an episode of Frasier. She's that hot. But more of an episode of Star Trek. More of an episode of Star Trek. Anyway, <laughs> we can go back on another episode and we can do everyone on Fra- everyone who's been on Frasier and, and Star, Star Trek. Trek because Kelsey Grammer is in one of the yeah. Star Trek movies. Yeah. Admiral Kelsey Grammer. I don't know which one he's in, but he's in one. Anyway, the first thing that happens to this woman when she comes on board is that Captain Kelsey Grammer thinks that she's a stripper that the guys like got the new captain a stripper so it's like yeah we're starting off on a great great moment for for women in the military it's really bad (laughs) and it doesn't get any better well i often have to explain that i'm not a stripper when i start new jobs too (laughs) (laughs) no 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 I know, I know. It seems like I am. <laughs> and then, so Kelsey Grammer introduces her to the crew, and then it's like it's all jerk off puns. He's like, "I know we'll all be able to handle ourselves, you know. It's gonna be hard going and all this stuff." So we got, you know, it just doesn't go in a great no. direction. They start cleaning up the ship. We meet our wacky electrician Toby Huss, already what? the strongest man in the world. A delight. This guy has all of the best jokes in the movie. And he's the electrician on the ship, and so he's always like he, electrocuting himself minorly. Yeah, because the, the, you have to see that the submarine is really messed up. It has a lot of problems. It's been gently used, so to speak, and it, he has to like connect all the circuits just by grabbing one end of the wire to the other and like letting the current go through his body. He gets so shocked that he starts picking up commercial radio broadcasts just through his skull, and it becomes like a great way to highlight his, uh, I guess, like talent for impressions. Oh yeah, he like goes from a really good Sinatra, really good Sinatra. He does a baseball the, announcer. Oh I mean, man, and he's already 
on on he's uh, Artie and the strongest man in the world. He's in so many or, things uh, now. Pete and Pete on Pete and Pete. Yeah, he's Artie, the strongest man in the world on Pete and Pete. He's in Glow as like the Texas billionaire guy who guts with the blonde one in the last season of Glow. Again, like it. I said, I've watched all of television over well, the last year and a half. Well, I'm glad you have because I feel like this is a character actor that has been off of my radar. He's in Halt and Catch Fire. He's in again all of TV. He's in. Yeah, I'm like I don't even know what that is. It's about how women can do computers. So oh, okay. yeah, I mean it's important. Um, but Toby Huss is good in it. Well, I just feel like his brand of physical comedy is not one you see often. No, and there's a lot of physical comedy in this. Again, Rob Schneider is in this movie. We haven't even got to Rob Oof. Schneider yet. He's awful. He's not good in it. No. I mean, I, don't, I mean, not at all. And I don't want to. I'm not like one of these hipster guys. I'm not going to say I just hate all Rob Schneider stuff. You know, you can do it. I love that. You can do it. Yeah. Why does he do I, that? I like but, I like a lot of his uh, Sandler collabs. I think like Kelsey Grammer, he's trying to go against type in this one. Because yeah. he plays like a straight-laced hard ass. Which he's not good at. Which he's not. I mean, Is it he's supposed meant to be, to he's be short un- and mad? Yeah, Is he's meant to be unlikable or whatever, but he's just not good at it. Yeah, it's like, do you think that he's just too pure of heart to be that unlikable? I don't know what it is. It's I just mean, something unpalatable. He's it. like a weird guy. I mean, he had a show, again, I have watched all of TV. I know yeah. what you're about to talk about. Where Rob, Rob Schneider, Schneider had this show. show. Yeah, like it wasn't a reality show, though. It was just a sitcom like about his life. So he cast like a way hotter wife for himself in real life, I think. No, I think uh, he actually has a smoke show. That's wife. his real wife? Oh, amazing. Well, shout out to Rob Schneider for that, I guess. But like, you know, he's Tara. You know, he's not good in the show. The show's not good. Anyway, we also meet, there's a guy on the crew. He's got a real bad attitude. Siemens to panic. He's like a muscle guy in a mesh tank top. Oh, wow. Molly is showing me a picture of Rob Schneider's wife right now. You can't see this at home. Uh, Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, pull up Rob Schneider's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Take our our word for it. It's not what I would have guessed. I mean, I just remember this uh, being a very weird coupling. And I didn't. I didn't forget about it. I mean, it's honestly, if you get in a couple movies, yeah. you could totally marry somebody hot if you've been in a couple movies. <laughs> I kind of feel like he's had a lot of hot wives. Now that I'm looking at his like dating profile stuff, like his. You're looking at oh, just people that he's dated in the past. Yeah, he did it. He could do it, and he did it. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow, <laughs> the male gigolo, delivers absolutely. Uh. What are we even talking about? We're talking about, oh, we so, find out then, this is the beginning of another guy's uh, character arc. We find out he's got a bad attitude. He's only in the submarines because his his father is an admiral oh. and he's forcing him to do it. And he want, he's trying to get kicked out by being a bad sailor. He wants to get kicked out of the submarine. So that's like one guy. But Kelsey Grammer is not going to let him quit. Kelsey Grammer believes in his crew of misfits. But it's like, I feel like that trust came too fast. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, we're talking about someone who potentially would be in a position to literally decide the entire fate of humanity by launching a nuclear strike on the entire world. But like you, with these character arcs that are inevitably going to inevitably going to happen, mm-hmm. like I would have liked to see him a little bit more frustrated with his crew. And instead, like within two minutes, it was like, you guys up to your regular antics, even well, though I've just met you. You've got to remember, I don't know if Kelsey Grammer is a producer on this or what. 
But at the time, he was like the biggest TV star in the world. And so it's the kind of thing where when an actor gets too involved with their character, they don't want there to be anything negative about the character. Right. This is like whenever George Clooney this directs is like a, a movie. A Mary Sue? Is that what it's called? And I would I wasn't gonna go straight to the TV tropes lingo, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so we can introduce this misfit cast and then like I I guess like the first thing that happens is the the crew try to prank our yes going back to lieutenant emily lake she has a name um <laughs> lieutenant emily lake they they do a classic panty raid on her yeah straight out of straight out of animal house they, Richard, they, sh- they shrink her clothes? yeah they steal her clothes and they shrink her uniform and so they, they they're getting ready to set sail and their crews all lined up and she i mean i didn't know submarines had foghorns all ships have to have foghorns. It's. <laughs> I said, this is like honestly, Molly. I don't want to. I was making I don't, a not joke. Here. I'm not on I'm this. Making a joke. I, I didn't get it because I respect the sea, and I respect what you have to do to survive at sea. There's nothing funny to me about getting you know in a fog-related accident. Okay. Well, either- there's a lot of recreational <laughs> boaters out there who do not have a regulation foghorn with them when they need one. They can be caught in a surprise fog, even here on Santa Monica Bay, <laughs> and people's lives can be lost. I'm sorry so, to, to make fun of that. Yeah. Oh, oh well. I mean, you should be. Um, so basically, you know, she's in line trying to To look blend normal. in, and her uniform is, I mean, this is like... That's I'll say it. Stri- it's hot. I'll say it. It's hot. She looks like the stripper that he thought she was in the first scene. She is in a tiny uniform, but and then we get I a hilarious shot Are of Lacey her. Are Lacey bras reg- like regulation approved? Well, it's so you feel powerful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's for you, really. <laughs> <laughs> Are they tactical? It's, uh, they there are tactical bras that are made. <laughs> the best tactical bras are made by the Israeli military because you know a lot of these Jewish women have huge breasts, um, and it's just it's a combat necessity. It's a com- it's a combat necessity. It's oh, a combat God. necessity. Anyway, so basically, uh, doesn't Kelsey Grammer like punish the crew? Yeah, he cancels their shore leave, so they just go straight on. Uh, They go straight into the the war game, and there's a hilarious shot of her trying to walk back onto the ship in her tiny uniform. That one got a that one got a chuckle out of me because she it was like a khaki camel toe situation. (laughs) I laughed because it just reminded me of when you put like plastic bags on your like cat's feet or something, and they just (laughs) like. When have you put you know do that? plastic bags on your cat's feet? Or what are like you talking you put about? stickers on their feet and they get all persnickety and weird about okay, it? Okay, see, we kind of let it slip for a few episodes, but I'm glad now that we're doing this comeback episode, we're coming back with a little animal cruelty from Molly <laughs> Shay. This is no, good because like, I, I feel like I'm a cat owner. I've they never get... put stickers on Birdie's feet. Well, because they just don't like it, and so they just lift their feet. Yes, funky. that's why I don't do it. Or they don't th- like it. Th- if you put like boots on them because you don't want them to get their feet wet mm. or whatever. I have put a sock on his head. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and did, he, did he look like a like a? He looked like he was like robbing a bank. Like he had a little <laughs> ski mask on. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are we talking about here? Oh, they set sail. They leave on their mission on this war game to, you know... And so if, if Kelsey Grammer wins the war game, he's going to get to be in charge of a nuclear submarine. And Admiral Bruce Dern, the bad admiral, and William H. Macy is the other submarine captain. William H. Macy is the one trying to stop him. I mean, again, this, so I feel this like cast William, is stacked. William H. Macy is the one that has dignity. Yeah, absolutely. William H. Macy is what you want the submarine captain to be, not yeah. the penis tattoo guy. But even against Bruce Dern, I mean, I feel like... Oh, yeah, Bruce Dern is playing it basically the same way he plays like the evil Mormon prophet guy on Big Love. He's kind of playing at the same caliber of intensity. I never I saw that, but uh, I mean... You really should have taken the time of this pandemic to watch all of television like I did. I, I did not do that. Mm-hmm. Just just Frasier. About this time in the movie, I had a question uh, for myself uh, because we went from like Lacey Bra into like a Rob Schneider meltdown thing. And I was like, is this movie just poorly edited or is Rob Schneider a bad actor? Both. I would say that both are the case in it, this movie. Because there's just so many times where things feel flat and I was wondering, oh, is there just not a soundtrack to this movie? Yeah. And there is a soundtrack. It's just... It's just... It's, there's so much stuff that just absolutely takes the oxygen out of it. And it's this is like, to use a submarine metaphor, I feel like the sailors on the Russian submarine Kursk who were trapped at the bottom for two weeks and slowly ran out of oxygen. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I ran out of oxygen many times. Takes the oxygen... This out of this film you at the beginning you could hear me tapping my wrench on the side to let you know i was still alive and just the wrench tapping got a little slower and slower throughout the film uh but the first i guess like incident that happens the first war game they're like put string up to see if like how the pressure will take for like going right well they take the submarine to its crush depth a submarine, you know, is pressure is rated to go to a certain depth in the water before the, you know, the water pressure will crush it like an empty beer can. So the old submarines from World War II, 500 feet, that was a lot of pressure to be on them. So Harry Dean Stanton, who's underappreciated, underutilized in this movie, the, Harry another Dean Stanton, highlight in this he movie. He just filmed the whole movie in an in afternoon. In one day. Yeah. He's like the grizzled old diesel mechanic who's here to show all these young guns from the newfangled Navy how they did it in the old days. He runs us like a clothesline across the beam of the submarine. And as the ship is compressed more and more by the pressure going deep, you see it gets a big U in it because those two sides of the ship are getting closer and closer together. And that might have been the most fascinating part of this whole movie for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you really see... It, well, because they have to... No spoilers, but they have to do this in the end. They have to bottom out the sub in the end. So you really have to... You know, you have to know the stakes of it. The movie's like... Again, the way the movie's paced, it does kind of play it very by the book in yeah. terms of like s- establishing stakes, things that pay off later on, everybody's emotional journeys, but it's just like stuff that you don't really necessarily care about. Yeah, and I feel like I had to have this movie translated for me um, by you because I was just like, I don't know what the stakes are. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Well, I hate to be a subsplainer, but I'm glad, I'm glad that, that I you could were be because there to help out. I was just like, I, I like that they seem like they're distressed, but I ultimately don't care. Well, you didn't get that it was a war game. No. no. <laughs> I thought but they like, were immediately the putting guy, into like a How come the guys from effort? our own Navy that's, are fighting each other? That's when I other. started getting confused. 
But again, this is a peacetime movie. This is like, uh, you know, after the Cold War, this is, I mean, the, one of the greatest, probably the greatest submarine movie of all time, Hunt for Red October. That had real stakes. I've never seen it. I'm you've sorry. Never seen Hunt for Red October? No. Oh, you got it. You got it. Well, I just feel like after you've annihilated all your enemies, all you have is yourself. Yeah, but I think that this makes it kind of a good companion to Frasier in a way because it's a document of what you could call the end of history. That this is like very Francis Fukuyama pilled. This is the ten years. This is the decade where we thought it would be like America triumphant forever. So this, like, the stakes of being in the Navy are absolutely zero. We can, we can think it's goofy. Yeah, absolutely. You could think it's funny. Like they're not gonna have to like use their submarine to like collect Osama bin Laden's body from the sea floor and clone it or, you know, the kind of stuff that they do. Aside, you will never be able to convince me that they are not cloning bin Laden. Oh God, well. I'm not going to go down that pill. Mm-hmm. pill uh, yeah. There's only so red pill that you need to get yeah. to listen to this podcast. But I guess like with this, uh, this thing that they try to do with like bottoming it out, then it like kind of shows what like a bad boy he is. Yeah. Like, cause he's willing to risk all their lives for this exercise. Like a bolt shoots out of the, like the pressure on the ship. Excuse me. A submarine is a boat. You always call a submarine a boat and not a ship. Well, I have a but, question. Yes. Can you smoke on a submarine? In the good old days, before they let <laughs> before they let women in. Yeah, of course. How does that work? Uh, everyone smokes, so it's fine. Where does the air go? They have like air recyclers. A nuclear submarine can stay underwater. The only limiting factor is the food and w- the food that they're able to bring aboard. Cuz they're able to make fresh water with the nuclear reactor and they're able to to clean the air inside with the nuclear reactor. So the only limiting factor is food. And then you've got to figure like, okay, semen Molly. Like you <laughs> just- call me that. You just, <laughs> okay, semen first class Molly Shay. You've just received your orders. We've got an authenticated order from National Command Authority that you have to kill everyone on earth. You're not going to want a cigarette before you do that, <laughs> before you press the button. You know, they have the two keys and one guy turns the key, you turn the other key. No, I'm, You're I'm, not going to want to light up before that. I'm gonna, I would. Uh, I'm going to blast, uh, don't you know it's the end of the world while I smoke a cigarette and press that button, you know? <laughs> For me, it's the final countdown. It's a little corny. It's a, a little, little corny classic. maybe, but yeah. Anyway. The next thing that kind of comes up is like the underlying gross uh romance between him obviously well there's one woman in this movie and it's like is she in the movie like as a rah-rah girl power thing or is she in the movie so that kelsey Grammer can have a love interest she's there for her mrs ladies and gents (laughs) she's she she got her (laughs) mrs degree in the naval academy absolutely there's just a lot of like tender talking to her oh well she they take the boat to the bottom and she like messes up she makes a loud noise like she drops a boat on the bottom too hard so that william h macy's submarine is able to hear them and so then she like feels hella bad about herself you know rob schneider obviously is there to be like nice job like i knew we shouldn't let a woman do (laughs) yeah and so 
She has the entire torpedo compartment at the front of the submarine is like her sad girl sanctum. I mean, honestly, she's like moping really, in her really hammock like, in there. Like that that uh that setup. It was literally it was like a TikTok girl's room. Like if there had been like fairy My dad's lights, an asshole. Yeah. If there were fairy lights on the torpedo tubes, that would have been it. Yeah. And so Kelsey Grammer comes in to like get her to console to, yeah, to buck up and believe in herself. But yeah, it's like. Ugh. Ugh, it's gross. It's gross how it, it was, happens. It was yeah. gross even before then, because at one point in time he like holds her hand for a second too long, and oh, it's just like, God. like it's just so many scenes where he's like trying to get her to believe in herself in a condescending way. Yeah, but again, by the standards of the night of 1996, quite progressive. I mean, quite I, progressive. I don't know if that's true. Like, oh yeah, chill out, Andrea Dworkin. All right, let the lady be in the let the lady be in the navy. I I'm all for her being in the navy. I just think that I like the. Uh, I mean, maybe as a huge teacher's pet, I like when my teachers were a little bit stricter with me and then Ooh. I'd have to win Ooh. them over. Not this bullshit like <laughs> So <laughs> your <laughs> your problem with their relationship is that it's not, not it's yeah, it's not messed up enough. Okay. No. That it's their relationship is based on mutual respect and admiration <laughs> and not on like, you know, insecurity. No, I okay. mean I feel like I just feel like it's like he she says something like, Well, you know, I wouldn't treat you any different than the other people but he clearly he's does. clearly doing it yeah you can see how differently he treats her because okay we skipped over quite a bit but so so far in the movie they've snuck into charleston harbor they've destroyed their first target and admiral bruce dern needs kelsey Grammer to fail so that he can get his third star he can get promoted to a three-star admiral and admiral rip torn who's already a three-star admiral needs kelsey Grammer to succeed so that his this guy he hates won't be the same rank as him. Right. Those are the those are the stakes there. And Kelsey Grammer has blown up the ship. They've done it. So Admiral Bruce Dern sabotages the mission. He limits like where they're allowed to go in the submarine or whatever. He you know, he is his classic like evil dean behavior to make sure that the cool fraternity gets kicked out of campus. Kelsey Grammer breaks the new rules. And Rob Schneider legally has a hissy fit. Oh, yeah, he has a hissy fit, but he is legally in the right. He, I mean, just under, you know, my knowledge of the uniform code of military justice is not, you know, necessarily comprehensive and extensible, but I would say that I think Rob Schneider's technically in the right to yeah, try to- probably uh, Yeah, probably in a normal situation- To assume command. This would have yeah, happened. But in a normal situation, it's not about a cool guy trying to raz the squares and make it in the Navy anyway. Right. So they literally, in probably one of the best scenes in the movie- they dress up as pirates, and they force Rob Schneider to walk the plank. Yeah. They, com they do a it's mock amazing. execution on Rob Schneider, which is literally a war crime. <laughs> if you if you make someone think that you're going to murder them, and yeah. that what they do is they just throw him into like a fishing boat that they conveniently find, and he goes back to shore and whatever. We don't see him again. But like, he really thinks he's going to die. Yeah. When they've got, and Kelsey Grammer's in like, this is a big Frasier moment that he's in like a Pirates of Penzance pirate outfit. They have all the crew. There's one guy, the big muscly guy on the crew is wearing yeah, like a, a beer can, like loincloth. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know where that costume came from. If there was just a movie was just about 
the crew of a submarine like going Lord of the Flies, that's its own movie. Yeah, that would have been a better movie. It happens in the space of like three minutes in this movie. It's just totally doesn't go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, and like I also feel like he uses this like pirate uh, antics to charm the lady again, and it's just like, see, I'm not all that bad. I didn't kill him. You know, yeah, it's like, what? yeah, but like, <laughs> but I can't emphasize enough that Rob Schneider literally thinks he's going to die for like probably a good few minutes, which is literally a war crime. If you did that, if like you did that in the War on Terror, and like the New York Times found out that you were doing mock executions, like there would be congressional hearings. There's many things that Kelsey Grammer has done in this movie that- Would result in a congressional hearing? Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Like panty raid on the first woman in the submarine service. That's, I mean, that's tail hook 2.0. That's definitely a congressional hearing. Mock execution, congressional hearing uses live ammunition in a training exercise to Not blow great. up a ship in Norfolk Harbor. Yeah. All all congressional hearing stuff. But you know what? Uh, I think he's going to make it out of this okay. What do you think? I think so too. I think so too. Oh, we skipped over my favorite line in the movie, which is when she's about to take the boat to the bottom. She's saying she's talking about how she did all these dives in the simulator. And Kelsey Grammer's like, "Oh, being in a real submarine is not like being in the simulator." Oh, and, yeah. And then she says, "Well, it's just that I didn't do much bottoming in the simulator, <laughs> sir." And that's like one that you know, I don't think they even knew. They put a lot of deliberate innuendos in the movie, but I don't think that one was on purpose. No, I think it was. There was a, <laughs> there was a face that was made. Uh, well, anyway, we can agree to disagree on that one. But- anyway, we we missed Harlan Williams. Oh, in his greatest yes. moment in the film. We can just go through everyone's character arcs. Absolutely. Well, he didn't really even have a character arc. He was just like, he Delightful. hears really good. He knows how to make dolphin noises. And then in the critical moment, they've been detected by the enemy submarine by William H. Macy. And they're running silent so they won't be heard on William H. Macy's sonar. And then the big fat cook guy farts really loud and every single person in the crew they go to a reaction shot of how bad it smells like you really know oh it's a real stinker and then and they're trapped they're trapped in a submarine in order to throw William H. Macy off the trail Harlan Williams has to do dolphin noises in the submarine so that they'll hear dolphins on the sonar yeah he goes and he really uses the whole space he (laughs) (laughs) Like, he walks up and down the entire length of the submarine. They're getting, like, tracking shots of him. Like, he uses his whole body to make these whale noises. Multiple dolphins. He does dolphins. He does whales. He does it all. Yeah. It was was talented. And he saves the day. Yeah. He saves the day. I guess part of I guess it's like in this crew of misfits, everybody gets a chance to save the day. Because Harlan Williams saves the day. Harlan Williams saves the day twice, actually. Because he hears the other submarine, they the drop a bunch dropping. of change on the floor, and because he hears so well, he hears it. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the electrician uses his body as a wire multiple times. Yeah, I still think Toby Huss is my favorite guy in the movie. There's a blink and you miss it. Patton Oswald is in this movie. Yeah, I wish I blink blinked more, <laughs> more often. <laughs> well, I think maybe he had more and they cut 
almost every one of his lines out. Uh, I hope so. Because even by 1996, Patton Oswalt was kind of bigger than that. Yeah, he had one line in this movie. He had one line in this movie. He's not on any of the posters, anything like that. Anyway, you know, whatever. Everybody learns a lot. They learn to become friends. They sing Louie Louie. They disguise themselves from William H. Macy's other submarine by going to the surface in a storm and putting a bunch of janky lights on the submarine and then they sing Louie Louie so they hear Louie Louie on the sonar and that's to me that's the biggest like Animal House reference that's how you're really supposed to get that these are the cool guys they sing the song from Animal House I mean I thought this would be more fun the down periscope oh well I mean it it was it was okay well sorry Molly (laughs) sorry I guess I apologize to you well I I think I think I even like Police Academy more than this movie. Police Academy is a better movie than this. Yeah, and right? Police Academy is actually in the '80s. That's the thing is, even if this movie were exactly the same, but it were in the '80s, it would, it be, would better. be better. Yeah. It would just be better. <laughs> I don't know why, but it would be kind of infused by the '80s. And also in the '80s, this is why Stripes is better. The Cold War is still going on. Like there's, there's some it's, risk. There's like kind of more legible what's going on it's more legible like why you would be in the military it's like you know makes more sense and this is not to disparage people who served in the 1990s it's not not as good it's not as good a movie okay so we're at the end of the movie now let's just say we are anyway yeah they're steaming into norfolk harbor emily lake lieutenant lake She's been feeling really bad about herself for the other thing. And then she finally has her big moment where like Kelsey Grammer helps her have confidence in herself. Yeah, he basically sabotages like navigation so that she gets upset about it and fixes it. Yeah, which is a psycho move. Yeah. He literally, they try to, in order to mask their sonar signature, they have to take the submarine right between the propellers of a super tanker. And this is causing chaos on the ship. You know, leaks are springing everywhere, all this stuff. And Kelsey Grammer's just winging it. He has no clue what he's doing, but he knows that she'll be able to do it. And so he, like, risks all their lives to do this this for an exercise, just for the sake of his own career. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how she knew he was the one. Also to get her to believe in herself. Also to get her to believe in herself. Because he's a wild, he's a cowboy, you know? Anyway. Well, so then... uh, they, I guess they, they accomplish it. Works. It works. Yeah, it works. But they go in. Yeah, I would like to mention that, like, maybe the grossest part of the movie where she, like, runs up to Kelsey Grammer after this happens and she says, permission to speak freely. Oh, yeah. They make it into the harbor. Oh. Permission to speak freely. And she kisses him. Ugh. Ugh. Like, what? <laughs> At least they made it that she kissed him. But of course, because he's such a cool, happening, laid-back guy. If they made it that he kissed her, Ooh. it would really be a, it would really be a congressional hearing. Yeah, <laughs> it would fully be a congressional hearing. But still icky. It's like icky. It's less icky in the circumstance of what's happening in the film. It's more icky that they wrote it that way. Yes. That they wrote it yes. that like, oh, obviously she falls in love with him after he, you know, tricked her into achieving her potential. Right. Yeah. yeah. And of course that, you know, she would just be into him because, you know, 
a man that listens, you know? Like, well, how, you know, it's, it's, a, it's of course she falls for him because shouldn't these broads be grateful we let them in the Navy now? Like, <laughs> oh, God, I didn't even think about it that I way. I think that's oh. kind of where the movie's going with it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yay, yay, yikes. Uh, okay, but my favorite part of the movie, okay, so they're going to, uh, to, to blow up this other ship in Norfolk Harbor and win the exercise. And Kelsey Grammer describes their strategy as bizarre and risky. Everyone in the crew is into it. And they fire the torpedoes. And like right after they fire their torpedoes, they get a call from the other submarine telling them that they are about to lose the exercise, right? Um, And Kelsey Grammer's like, haha, you didn't get us in time because our torpedoes, I wrote this line down. I thought it was so funny. Our torpedoes are running hot, straight, and normal, which is my hinge bio um, oh what hot straight and normal is it like nautical talk i don't i've never fired a torpedo molly i don't know then all why the is it on i your don't hinge know profile. i don't know all the li- it's not on my inch profile it's a joke okay well it this will is be. a joke it's a podcast i'm doing a joke on well, the podcast I wouldn't, sorry molly. i wouldn't i, I was like wondering if that was actually true because now that there's an actual person named harry dodge i don't know what to believe anymore do you think that character Kelsey Grammer plays in this movie is based on your old professor from CalArts? No, I'm wondering if there's like some outlier joke about the name Harry Dodge that has made the was writers... A, maybe something from the first draft that was a little too smart for them to know to take out. Yeah. <laughs> there's, 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 another... like, there's like some sort of inside joke. Did about... Harry Dodge have profile in the 90s? 1996? Well, uh, potentially, but like Harry Dodge is a trans man, so I don't know what Harry Dodge's name was before Harry Dodge, and if it's a selected name, it's probably a goofy name. Well, that's if they made the movie now, now that women have already been in the Navy for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. Down Periscope 2 is all about like trans, trans acceptance. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Really a beautiful story. I'm sure it would be handled with, with delicate sensitivity. And that's the, that's the thing that's weird about military movies, is that whenever the theme is inclusion, it's like, yay, we all get to die. You are getting me so close to doing the Jack Nicholson monologue from A Few Good Men, oh, okay? This I, country needs people to stand on the wall, Molly. You cannot handle the truth. I mean, I don't want to be in the military. Well, it's an all-volunteer force, Molly, for now. I don't, I, my, my foot's weird, I can't go. Oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> cool, cool. Way to go, Donald Trump. <laughs> That's right. Turning around on you. All right. What? Donald Trump didn't go to Vietnam because he had bone spurs in his foot. Oh, really? That's, every, that's what everybody was doing back then. Anyway. I'm, well. I mean, that's the movie. Yeah. I don't, there's not much. There's a They come a delightful... back to an incredible hero's welcome, even though yeah. they've only been at sea for like two weeks. And no one knows who they are. Yeah. There's like, I don't, I mean. It's that's, a top secret mission. That's just how a war movie is supposed to end, I think. So they just kind of did it. And you find out the guy with the bad attitude, his father was Rip Torn. And so Rip Torn just like subcontracted his duties as a father to Kelsey Grammer to turn his son's life around. Like, cool, yeah. cool move, Admiral. Yeah. Just... It's just, it's set. This movie is so mediocre. And then Kel, it, the movie ends with Kelsey Grammer and what's her face walking off together. And Kelsey Grammer's about to is describe. There a dick joke? He's about to describe the circumstances under which he got his penis tattoo. Right. Roll credits. Over the credits, 
It's a music video for In the Navy by the Village People. And it's of current with, day yeah, Village People. And current to the 90s. And it's all the people in the movie in like Village People outfits doing the song. They show some of the jokes from the movie again. And all that's the it. highlights. You could honestly just watch the highlight reel. Just watch the, the Kelsey Grammer in the Navy music video. You'll get to see You'll get Kelsey the, Grammer in a mohawk. Worth seeing in this movie and more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's the movie. Well, now that we're done, should Gosh. we kick? Do we get any advice segment stuff here in the mailbag? Let's take a look at the mailbag, and we'll come. I didn't we'll, see anything. We're gonna rummage in the mailbag, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We have got a question here in our mailbag. Molly, would you read us the question? Sure. Um, this question comes from Tracy S. Should I uproot from NYC for two to three years to get an MFA from Ohio State University or Tulane? Uh, OSU has more money and has been wooing perspectives and the community seems good, but just kind of eh on Columbus as like a, I guess. Place to live. Yeah. I spent many summers in Columbus, Ohio, and I can confirm that it is a very uh, <laughs> place to be. Yes. Okay. Uh and whether or not it's even interesting to be in grad school right now. Um, well, if she general. can actually go to grad school and not have it be on Zoom. I think that would be what would happen. Then, yeah. Is the question to go to to stay in New York or go to grad school? Or is the question to either go to Columbus or go to New Orleans? Because I would say go to New Orleans. I think it's all three. Like, should I leave New York? If I do leave New York, should I go to Ohio or should I go to New Orleans? Well, I want to try to weave my advice for Tracy into my commentary on Down Periscope. But I also just want to say, obviously, to go to the Big Easy, Nolens, Crescent City, the birthplace of jazz. I Why mean, would you go to Columbus, Ohio? I don't know. I feel like I've had friends that enjoyed school in Ohio. Okay, you probably have a better idea where the better MFA programs are than I do. That's not my area of expertise. Well, my area of expertise is eating oysters and drinking too much. And that part sounds great. <laughs> where and those come into play, New Orleans is unmatched. And I'll tell you, I mean, the only time I've gotten away during COVID was to visit my family in, in the South and eating oysters. Were they playing it fast and loose great. in New Orleans? Excuse me, in Nolens? Not in Nolens, but like uh, you could definitely go to an oyster bar and drink beer outside and eat oysters. I feel like in LA, everyone has been very, for the most part, I think, very good about, you know, always having their mask on and stuff. But I'll see stuff, I'll see like YouTube videos. I watch a lot of fishing YouTube videos. I'll watch like a fishing YouTube video and it'll be from like one week ago and it'll just be like nobody's wearing a mask. Like they'll go to the bait store. Nobody's wearing a mask in there. Yeah. Nobody's, you know, no. it's like, I think where these do places you have, like, that don't have a lot of cases are already back to normal. Yeah. Like on the TikTok sphere, I don't, I see all these like parties. Like I think so-and-so is going to be the drunkest and it's like, Nobody's wearing a mask at these uh, well, parties. I think a lot of colleges in the South just stayed open, too. Yeah. So, like, that... But I guess that's a good thing to consider, too. Do you want to be wearing a mask and freezing your do you, ass yeah, off Do you want to be in New York? Well, no. If you're in New... <laughs> like, I, I feel like in the coastal cities, the mask mindset 
is going to stay for a long time. There's already, I see people on Facebook, they say, I'm already fully vaccinated. I don't just wear two masks, I wear three masks. You stay in New York, people are going to be wearing three masks forever. Yeah. If you go to Columbus, even Columbus, you know, Ohio, that's the swing state. Who knows how Columbus could go. But if you go to Nolens, yeah, you're breathing. They're, uh, you got your nose out, they're baby. Catching, they're catching shrimp in them. <laughs> you're them catching puppies. shrimp. You're catching viruses. You're <laughs> catching it all. I mean, you know, listen, I don't want to weigh in on whether or not you should wear your mask indefinitely. But, yeah, but I think you should go to Nolens. Nolens is going to be a way better party city. Way better party city. And lots of people do. It's for art. People do art down there. Silly, goofy art. But they do it. <laughs> <laughs> they do it. <laughs> stuff that stuff that you would get laughed at for in New York. They just do it down there. Yeah. Just go there and do it. I mean, I think that you can make incredible abstract video art down there, Tracy. St- it will blow <laughs> their minds. They'll never have seen a freaking have, video art to, before. You'll have to take a bunch of Mardi Gras beads and shake them in slow motion <sighs> and project them on the French Quarter. God, I want to go to Mardi Gras. I know. I want right. to go to Mardi Gras next year. Mardi Gras next year is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, Tracy, let's all go to Mardi Gras. That's where you should go. Let's celebrate your graduation in Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We'll do it all. I want to do all the songs. Honda Wanda beat the boys on the battlefront you know <laughs> I want to do them all you know yeah I think that because you don't have family in the south it's just so much more enticing for yeah, you yeah Molly has to avoid her, her family <laughs> you and I will have a great time at Mardi Gras so Tracy my advice is Nolens, baby. Yeah, and you know, I won't be coming. Wink, wink. That's just to not make my grandparents know I'm there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna crap you out of all the grams, Molly. But Tracy, we'll be gramming. It'll be great. Everybody will be so jealous of us at Mardi Gras. I'm gonna have like one of those big, like three foot long hurricanes. I hope that they make like specialty alcohol that's COVID themed. The last time I got like Jello that looks yeah. like boba or whatever inside of your oh amazing your really giant... the the last night that I went out really for like and tied one on before the pandemic was Mardi Gras. Oh, that's I went right. to Sassafras and I got literally this is one of the only times it's ever happened to me. I got fall down drunk in like the Disneyland version of New Orleans. I want to get apocalyptically wasted in the real New Orleans. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> Tracy, we're going to do this and it's going to get ugly. Yeah, are you going to pee yourself? <laughs> it's going to be messed up. I can promise you that. Like it, it'll start like I've got a, you know, a year and a half of like isolation bubbling in me. <laughs> like the first time I really go like it's gonna go to a dark place <laughs> and that is why you should go to Tulane yeah we, I mean we could also check in also on my Tracy mom went too. to Loyola New Orleans oh so really that's, yeah you know like a connection for me yeah so Tracy Tulane Tulane Tracy that's what they call her now yeah New Orleans is definitely a um old boob viewing place I'm <laughs> has no comment but uh yes yeah like i've never seen that many we were there we weren't even we weren't even there for mardi gras we were there for jazz fest people were going crazy yeah i was there in in february like a little bit before mardi gras so it was like Mm -hmm. kind of shitty version of mardi gras like all the local floats would go Mm -hmm. by and i saw so many older women titties that night i was surprised i was like this is great this is equal opportunity well, it's like that lady from The Guardian who, you know, wrote all those articles about how bad catcalling was in London. 
And then she wrote an article about how she got old and people stopped catcalling her and she was really sad. Oh, man. So it's like Mardi Gras for her, you know? Yeah. Mardi Gras for her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. I, Sorry. I had I had a great time in fake Mardi Gras. I didn't flash anybody, though. Well, I'm glad that we could offer our advice. We're back. We'll be back to doing episodes of Frasier next week. Yeah, it's but been rough. Sorry, everyone. That's a little palate cleanser for you people. Yeah. I, I hope everybody went out and watched Down Periscope before this movie. Or our podcast. Or before well, they watched the movie before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, because this will be unintelligible, but so will the movie. Yeah. Well, unless you're like me and you, you know, you're into submarines. And stuff. Yeah, I, I was falling asleep. All right. I mean, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm trying to see if there's anything. How many else. periscopes out of periscopes did you get? Oh, this? yeah. Let's give it a periscope score. From a scale of one to ten periscopes, how many periscopes up are you, Molly? Three. This is a three, the three <laughs> scoper from Molly. <laughs> and they all go to the strongest man in the they world. They all go to Toby Huss. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna say. Them. I'm gonna say four periscopes. <laughs> I'm gonna. That's not much better. I'm gonna say four periscopes. That's like a D or an F. That's an F. That's a, that's a failing grade. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give it four periscopes. Oh no. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's not a great one. It's a great podcast. I hope. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that either. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about weird shit about Osama bin Laden in the beginning. Like, I don't know if I would have kept listening to this, but whatever. Yeah. If you did, thank you. Yeah, and thanks. You, we're we're yeah. happy to be back, you know? Good to be back. Tune in next week for some Frasier talk. <laughs> uh, uh, in the meantime, the show's over. Yeah, it's done. Go home. <laughs>